0: he's been putting in work for so long. What's going on guys? Welcome to episode four of Putting in Work. I'm John Opek, and I really want to thank you for listening to this podcast over the past four weeks. It's really been amazing to see the support I've got and just all the positivity out there on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else. It's really going well. And if you want to help out, you can always get onto iTunes and leave a rating. Those five-star ratings really go a long way. I'm told. I don't really understand how it works, but I'm sure that there's an algorithm or something. This week's guest is Ilya Martini, an old friend of mine. We uh, used to be in a band together. Heaps Good was the name. Pop-punk band in high school. He's a drummer, and he's now gone on to bigger and better things. He's in Adelaide playing in Leo, a pop-rock outfit who I actually just listened to on the radio before our podcast. It's pretty cool to uh, hear Ilya's drumming on the radio and then speak to him just a few minutes later. So Ilya's gonna share a few stories about how he got where he is, all the hard work in between, and uh, what it takes to you know get a few coins in the pocket from a career in music. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining me, Ilya. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. For people who don't know, which is probably most people listening to this, we've known each other for 15 years at least.
1: Yeah, you were were always like a few years older than me in high school. I always was, (laughs) Yeah, so
0: I guess you were the little kid who was a really good drummer, and I was the older kid that was trying to play guitar. Uh, But we were both into the same kind of punk rock music and eventually starting to jam, and the little try-hard pop-punk band.
1: Oh, well, I don't think we were try-hard. That was, like, <laughs> the best days of my life.
0: How does Heaps good compare to Leo?
1: <laughs> well, we are... Actually, you know, the, the sad thing is, I'd is say we rehearsed more in Heaps good than we <laughs> do with Leo. Now I just, uh, I just press play to a backing track, and uh, that's about it. That's about my rehearsal time. Do you get yelled at as much as I used to yell at you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, only by sound guys... Um, usually because they uh, are telling me off for doing something. Would you want to talk a bit about how you got
0: from heaps good to Leo? Because it's been quite a journey for you, hasn't it? At least 10, 12 years?
1: Yeah, definitely. I guess probably to start off with, I, I kind of moved to Adelaide after finishing year 12. Kind of got involved with the, with the church there. I kind of grew up playing drums in church, uh, did stuff at your church as well, Johnny, back in the day. And then, pretty much, what uh, cut a long story short. Um, one of the guys I played with at church decided he wanted to record like a professional album. Um, and what we did was we we. Went and sp- like, we had a fairly decent budget. We went and hired probably Adelaide's best studio, and we pretty much stayed there for like seven days and just recorded an album from top to bottom. I think it was about eight years I was uh, involved. And through that process, the guys in the studio who were recording really liked my playing. Um, they said that you know for someone young, I was, I was quite good. And they'd been working with a band called At Sunset at the time and who had quite a rather large social media following. And through that, I basically, we finished the church album that kind of got, got done. And uh, about a week later, I got a call from the guys in the studio saying, hey, we really like you playing. Um, do you want to come audition for this boy band? And at the time I was like, oh gosh, like, probably, probably <laughs> not really my scene. But I thought, oh, why not? I'm not, you know, I, had, I wasn't really gigging much at the time then, so I thought, oh, I'll do that. And I went and did the audition. Um, They'd done a few other guys as well. They sent me the tracks two nights before my audition. So I rocked up, I played the tracks in front of their management and all the boys. And I basically went downstairs to grab a drink, came back up and they said, listen, you've got the gig. And then two weeks later from there, we were headlining the Adelaide Carols by Candlelight at Civic Park in front of like 25,000 people. And then a month after that, we went on tour with Reese Maston for uh, a month around Australia, which is kind of cool as well. So for so, our American listeners, Reese Maston
0: is basically—is he an X Factor guy or was he an Australian Idol?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he—he's the X Factor winner from a few years ago, so um, one of the earlier seasons. So he—he he got quite a bit of publicity, um, and through that, I just kind of—I obviously had such a good time. It wasn't ideally the music I loved, but. I was a session musician, so I didn't have to do any of the, you know, the obviously the target audience for the band I was playing was quite young girls. So we'd play, and the boys would go, you know, do signatures and you know get photos, and and me and the other guy I played with, we just chilled and <laughs> just hung around, and yeah, it was it was it was a good gig. So so you were the
0: ugly duckling. Pretty much,
1: yeah, yeah, we were we were the <laughs> we, were, we were the ugly duckling. We were about five six years older than the other boys as well. So um,
0: I noticed that in the music videos. You were kind of not in there at all.
1: Yeah, so it was it was predominantly we were we were the backing musos, but um, I won't I won't say this because obviously it's going online. But we were kind of the band <laughs> between between us, the track and the other. We, we were the band, and they were the face, and that's obviously what we got paid to do. Um, but yeah, through that we, we toured, we did we did stuff in the US. We played um, a massive uh, festival in Hollywood. I went to singapore we, we we did quite an extensive amount of touring with them. Um, but then what happened was their guitarist, who was actually actually in the band, um, who we became quite close with, he was one of the three boys in the band. He left um, and we we were quite close with him, and we kind of decided that um, well we were, we were jamming at the time and we'd kind of sort of made the concept of leo, um, but then we decided well. To be honest, it uh, just wasn't doing it. Like the, the the whole boy band thing wasn't for us anymore, and uh, we decided to pull the pin. And we basically, um, yeah, we, we bailed from Out Sunset. And at the time, we we like I said, we were jamming a bit, but we ended up um, just going, you know, football with Leo, um, and that kind of started off just us jamming in, in my shed. And then we started writing more songs and. And uh, yeah, I think two years ago, we had we written sort of like an EP and we, we played, um, there was a Nova competition in Adelaide, so pretty much open for the Veronicas um, and we, we put our track on, didn't think it'd do quite well, but yeah, about a week later, we got a call saying, hey, um, you're playing the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. At that point, we hadn't played a gig and, and since then, it kind of, yeah, the whole Leo leo experience sort of started happening so very cool
0: and what was it like going from the more punky music that we used to love to something that wasn't really your type of music
1: yeah um i should have obviously thrown in the mix as well at that time i was sort of doing a lot of cover band stuff so i guess through growing up with church playing in cover bands you're kind of not sort of, you don't, I, I wouldn't say I've kind of played one style of music, I've kind of played a bit of everything, but I think obviously as growing up and your music tastes change and the bands you listen to change, although I still listen to pretty much everything we used to listen to back in the day. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I think uh, my, I guess my style of playing sort of changes as well and I think growing up as a, as a young drummer, everyone wants to play real fast, everyone wants to play double kick, everyone you know wants to be Travis Barker and then, you kind of grow up and you're like, although that's cool, anyone can sort of like play fast or learn chops. But I guess where I'm sort of out at the moment, I'm just trying to, I guess, play more groove style funk, but kind of put it in a in a more um, a more relevant setting, uh, EG Radio, EG Triple J and, and that sort of stuff. So. And just before this phone call, we were both listening to Triple J and you were on the radio. So... What's that like? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. We, um, we only put the song... We, we put a song on Unearthed on Monday, and it was one of the songs that didn't make the EP. So we we went... Uh, we, It just doesn't sort of fit our sound, but we thought we'd put it on there just for content because we haven't posted anything in a while. Um, and then one of the Triple J hosts contacted us via Twitter and said, oh, we'll be playing your song at around one. So obviously... Obviously, it's nice. It's definitely always nice to, you know, hear your stuff on the radio, so. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I think she even compared you to Phil Collins, so I guess that makes you Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it. Um, obviously, I'm not as good as a drummer as Phil Collins <laughs> or have as good enough voice, <laughs> but I'm going to say I'm better looking than Phil yeah. Collins, so that's... that's. Uh, well, I can't argue with that one. That's, <laughs> that's something. That's something. So I win, Phil. And wasn't there like a Miley Cyrus tour or something at some point?
0: She cancelled, right?
1: Yeah, so so this is probably one of the biggest bummers I ever had in music. Um we when I was playing in At Sunset, um because we were predominantly quite a, a pop sort of like a very boy band sort of pop thing, we got um offered to play the iHeart Music Radio Festival like three and four years ago in Sydney. Um and that's when she was dropping the wrecking the Ball album and she was kind of going a bit crazy. Um, but we we ended up yes yeah, so we were one of the main supports there um, on that in or we were we were on the bill or whatever. Um, and about two months before the show, we got we got a message saying, "Oh, uh, sorry, boys, the whole gig got cancelled because they they hired uh, Acer Arena, which I think holds about thirty thousand people, and she I think only sold seven hundred tickets."
0: So, <laughs> Sounds kind of crazy yeah.
1: for someone as big as her. It sounds very, very crazy for someone as big as her, but um, what do you do? So, yeah, so that was that was probably one of my biggest upsets in music that I didn't actually get to do that. No, it wasn't meant to be. No, it wasn't. But
0: hey, you know, that's okay. So this podcast is essentially about the work it takes to get to where you are now. What would you say has been the hardest part of, of your journey into
1: a career in music? I think the misconception in in sort of doing music as well is that obviously you've got to know what you're doing. So I still play a lot. I still practice a lot. I I gig quite regularly. Um, So even if it's not Leo, I'm playing cover stuff or play at church or, you know, I'm always playing. So I think first off, obviously, knowing what you're doing. But secondly, I think probably the thing that got me or, or I guess the hardest part was learning that. Probably ninety percent of getting good gigs is the people you know, and and maintaining those gigs. So keeping contacts, keeping that sort of friendship, because you know, obviously, we've met a lot of people through like yeah. through what we've been doing, um, and it's been good to just keep those contacts, keep those connections, because you know, every time one of the guys we've met from Reese Masson comes to town, he'll he'll send us a message saying, "Hey, do you want to come to my show? Or do you want to catch up?" and and, you know, even we were, we were lucky enough to go to Langway um, a few weeks ago because one of the guys who was on Reese Masson's tour now manages Gang of Youths and, yeah, just just that sort of stuff. But I think that's, that's something in the early days I didn't really do very well. We were kind of like, well, we just, you know, we just play music, whatever. But now that I'm in my own band and it's not, you know, we don't have any crazy, you know, management or anything, we kind of have to do that all ourselves. So I'd say that's probably the hardest thing is to kind of learn that, everyone is a contact and everyone knows someone who can get you somewhere yeah absolutely so it's the business side of things yeah definitely i'm not i'm not very smart with all that stuff i just (laughs) i just kind of play drums and hit things um but yeah i think i've had to learn a bit more of that um through what yeah through what i've done
0: would you say at this point it's almost 50 50 with the skills that you've built up as a drummer and then the other half behind the scenes
1: yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, I'd say probably more behind the scenes stuff than drummer. Like I, like I said, you obviously have to know what you're doing, but I've played with a lot of musicians who have had backing bands that aren't really that good, but they've just had a good business team around them and, and they've made it work. So yeah, like t- I guess for the, for the style we're playing, yeah, like I think knowing the right people helps, but even, yeah, obviously you've got to sure. know what you're doing. Do you know what you and Beyonce have in common? Do I know what me and Beyonce have in common? <laughs> is this a trick question? Or? It's not a trick question. It's legit. Uh, other, than the, other than we're uh, big black independent women. Uh, I don't. No, I don't. Well, you both have beautiful skin. So let's get that out of the way. <laughs> that is I true. You just
0: got uh, those beautiful Greek olive tan cheeks that women would kill for.
1: Can you tell my girlfriend this? We can we can we send this podcast to my girlfriend, please, because she <laughs> needs to hear that. She knows, she knows. But the thing
0: that you actually have in common is you both started playing music in front of people in church. Not the church as a performance, but she grew up singing in church, gospel, whatever it was. You grew up drumming in church, week after a week, without the pressure of you know performing an image and that kind of thing. How do you think that helps ease you into the skills you had? as not only a drummer but playing in front of people without being nervous
1: yeah well it's fun. i was actually having this conversation with one of our um, sound engineers a few weeks ago but you can always sort of tell someone who's grown up in church because like taking the whole god aspect out of it we have a gig every week <laughs>
0: so and that's something you have to um, practice for you have to play with a different group of people every. yeah like yeah
1: yeah so it's you know it's i started playing drums when i was 10 at church so basically from the age of 10 to 18 i reckon i would say probably 90 percent of the weeks i would be playing drums at church so i don't know the you know obviously you do the maths there but I, yeah other other than the fact other than the fact you've got a consistent gig you've also got a different variety of musos. so you know we've all played with some good muses. we've all played with some real rubbish muses as well Um, and and kind of learning how to, uh, like obviously as a drummer you kind of sort of lead the band a little bit so you know being in church there's obviously a worship leader but the drummer sort of dictates you know the tempo when you go big, when you go quiet um, and kind of just I guess reading cues, reading different people, playing with different people.
0: And reading the vibe as well is a pretty big thing.
1: Yeah, that's it. Vi- vibe is, yeah, That's, that's I would say that probably the bigger one as well. You know, just going, hey, cool, this is working. Um, hey, cool, this isn't. <laughs> and um, Yeah, so that, I'd say that probably helped a lot.
0: Hmm. And the other thing is if you're 18, 19 years old, it's playing your first gig with no experience in front of a crowd... You're gonna be a lot more nervous than someone who just has to flick a switch and it's something they've done a thousand times before. Yeah.
1: I think the I think the handy thing as well is is because it is sort of a family environment, um, in your early days when yeah. you aren't so I guess I guess kicking goals, um, yeah. no one's you know, everyone's gonna encourage you where, you know, you, you play your first show when you're eighteen at a pub and you suck and you don't get called back up to do it again. So I guess, I guess it's, it's a good place to learn. Um, sure. Yeah, definitely, because yeah. everyone's a bit more accepting of you. And, it, it, and, and the whole family environment isn't a performance. They, they obviously are there for, for a bigger reason. So. Yeah.
0: So if you drop your drumstick at a gig, you're not going to get the same looks. Yeah, well, or... that's it. That's it. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so for other musicians out there who might be considering a career in music, what would be your advice for people like that? Um, I'd say
1: quit. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a team. J- nah, um, I, I was having a joke about this with the boys as well. It is, it's a, like, I wouldn't say I've made a career out of it. Um, right. I feel like I'm still in the early stages of doing that. I think you've got to kind of put away the whole dream of making it huge because I know I play with a lot of guys who do. Play music for a career that you know haven't played in stadiums, haven't done all that, but still make a living. And I think I was doing I was doing some research, uh, and I make coffee now, so I'm, I'm I run a cafe, um, and I was chatting to some of the med students that that I make coffee for, and I said it's actually probably hard, it's probably easier for me to become a brain surgeon than to <laughs> actually make my band make it a huge, which is quite a depressing thought. Um, but yeah, get, going back to advice, I don't know, probably just just. Playing music because you like music, not playing music to make money because I've settled the fact that if at the end of the day, if I'm 40 still playing cover gigs in pubs, I'll be happy. Ideally, you know, if you're playing a bigger show and you're playing, you know, in a stadium, that's fun. But I just like playing drums. And if it's in a heaps good environment, if it's at church, if it's at a pub, if it's in a stadium, that's I just like playing drums. So I guess advice. Yeah, just go with the flow. And if you do well seek if not just like an instrument, because that's all you really started doing. And then your passion is your instrument, and if you can do something with it, that's awesome. Yeah, that's solid advice, I think.
0: My last question for you, Ilya, is something I ask everyone, and that's what would you do if you knew that you could not fail? Does it have to be musical or just in
1: general? Uh, just
0: in the creative realm, really.
1: I would, if I could do anything and knew I wouldn't fail, I'd pick up the guitar and start songwriting, because if I had my time again, I think I would have been a guitarist. Really? For one reason, yeah, I do. For one reason, one reason only um, is that for drums, it's a very hard thing to just practice all the time. Obviously, your neighbours, your family, mm. the works, but um, also, especially with the stuff I do now and in the bands I play in, most of it's done on a computer with people who kind of understand music as such, where I, obviously, I understand beats and and. Time signatures and all that, mm. but I don't understand notes and melodies and all that. So if I had my time again and I knew I couldn't fail, I would dump drums and I would become the world's greatest frontman. So
0: why don't you do that now? It's not too late.
1: Uh, too much, too, much, too much hard work. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm pretty unco at guitar. I've tried and yeah, it's it's between work and gigging. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do another thing. So I
0: guess you gotta know what you're good at, don't you? that's it that's it
1: but in saying that i love drums i'm not, I'm not i don't dislike drums if i just had my time again I'd, I'd probably do guitar
0: i mean we started heaps good after i'd only been playing guitar for a couple of years two years
1: well that's it maybe we need to do a heaps good reunion and me on guitar no. you on drums mate.
0: i tried drumming when you weren't at practice sometimes and it wasn't pretty <laughs>
1: it would be better than me on guitar mate but let's just <laughs> lay that to rest for sure we'll leave it at that hey Thanks for joining me, Ilya. It's been really good. No worries, my friend. Good to
0: talk to you. Uh, That was Ilya Martini from Leo. If you want to check out Leo online, the handle is LeoBandOfficial on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you'll be able to find Ilya that way as well. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Jono himself. So until next week, keep putting in work.